Good morning. It is uh, seven minutes after 10 o'clock. We're going to talk a little later on about pit bulls. Uh, we're going to talk with Dave Rowland. Uh, we've got uh, just tons and tons of things that are on the table. Right now, uh, we've got uh, our uh, our home economist, uh, Dr. Aaron Hedlund, from the Show Me Institute. Uh, the feds have cranked up the interest rate a quarter of a point, apparently trying to look for that soft landing. Um, you know, I was talking to an economist yesterday, Dr. Hedlund, and, and he said, uh, traditionally, you can't stop the inflation until the interest rate exceeds the inflation rate. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's the typical rule. So there's something called the Taylor rule in economics, which says that if inflation goes up 5%, then you increase interest rates by more than a percent. Now, obviously, we don't have to live rigidly according to the rules, but uh, certainly we have not done that. It's only been recently when inflation and the interest rate have actually gotten close to each other. For the longest time, inflation is way above the interest rate. So the good news is we are seeing evidence that inflation is coming down. I do anticipate that it will come down a bit more rapidly over the next few months just because of how high it was a year ago. But we are not out of the woods yet. And the idea that Wall Street is talking about rate cuts is just nuts. What about uh, just, you know, ripping off the Band-Aid? You know, if inflation is 6% year over year, go to 65 or 6 and a quarter and just get it done, have the recession, let it build back, um, and get us on, you know, on the way? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Uh, to me, that makes a lot of sense. And actually, the, the president of the St. Louis Fed has essentially said that. He said, let's go ahead and front load the rate increases instead of doing this thing gradually. And I think there's two uh, forces in opposition at the Fed, on the, or two forces going in opposite directions. On the one hand... Uh, the Fed still remembers the 70s and 80s, and therefore, uh, and the lesson there is once inflation's high, you have to nip it in the butt early rather than late. And that's why I think that even if we do go into recession, the Fed is not going to back off. But they're also very incrementalist in many cases. So there's this natural tendency to do things in you know quarter point hikes, half point hike used to be considered pretty big. So really, what we've seen over the past year is pretty bold by Fed standards, but yeah, there's definitely an argument that says, that why didn't they go higher earlier? And, you know, you can always cut rates if you have to. Yeah, uh, and it just seems to be kind of dragging things out. Um, on average, they want 2% inflation. They think that's acceptable. Is that really, uh, you know, like, if we didn't have the Federal Reserve and they weren't printing cash... Would we have even a 2% annual increase uh, in, in inflation? Well, it all depends on what the alternative is. So, I, mean, I think the most important thing is you want price stability. I mean, you, you, you definitely don't want inflation jumping up and down all over the place. And uh, you know, there's nothing magical about 2%. That has sort of become the, the Fed's target. And I think it's a reasonable one, but if, you, know, you could argue for 1%. You could argue for something else. If you didn't have the Fed, I mean, you can go you know, many decades in the past. You go to some kind of gold standard. And uh, the only challenge with that sort of situation is you can get deflation. And if you have people who, which in some ways sounds great, oh, things get cheaper. But the problem is uh, you have people who have got debt. And so if you've got deflation, then the burden of that debt goes up. And companies oftentimes don't like to cut pay. So if their products are selling for less, and there's various forces that prevent them from cutting pay. They might have to lay off workers. 
So I think you don't want deflation, uh, but there's nothing magical about 2%. What causes inflation? Well, I think that the simplest way to put it is too much money chasing too few goods. Yeah, but uh, I mean, if, there's, there's others. Here's my, here's my point. If uh, we use a lot of tungsten for some reason and we are not mining a sufficient amount of tungsten, the price of the tungsten goes up uh, and the price of the goods made with it go up. It's inflation. But how often would that happen uh, outside of what we're doing now? Is the system creating inflation that doesn't need to exist. Boy, I think I worded that as clumsily as I could, but if you got the idea. Sure. I mean, so I would say that from the mid-1980s up until about 2021, uh, we had a situation that was, I would say, pretty reasonable from an inflation standpoint. You had predictable, low, stable inflation around 2%, and therefore, because of that predictability, investors could set reasonable rates of return on their investments, uh, contracts for labor. You know, again, they could kind of they kind of knew what the purchasing power was going to do. Um, so I think we were in a kind of a good regime there. In fact, we, economists called that the great moderation. Now, the great moderation has now turned into the great inflation, and suddenly <laughs> we're having to uh, evaluate certain choices. And I would say, really, that the biggest problem since 2021 has been what's gone on on the fiscal side of the ledger, what Congress and the White House have been doing, an absolute blowout spending. And so this fiction that we can just spend government money, uh, taxpayer money, the government can spend it, deficits, and just there won't be any consequences, it's been proven false. So the American public is paying for this in the form of lower purchasing power. All right. Uh, the unemployment numbers are not looking horrible. Uh, I know it's a lagging indicator for a recession, but, uh, you know, is it is it heading south? Are we in trouble or are, are we heading into a recession? Where do we stand? We're really getting a lot of mixed news. I mean, if you look at the fourth quarter GDP, it looks pretty reasonable. I mean, like 2.9 percent seems fine. Now, the thing is, if you look under the hood, there's some weaknesses. First of all, a lot of the investment, the positive investment number was purely because of inventories. So new investment actually was negative. So that's not a sign of confidence going forward. And uh, there were consumer spending numbers that came out, monthly numbers that came out last week that showed consumer spending decreasing. So I, I do think consumers are feeling the pinch of the higher interest rates and uh, the, the government money has come to a stop, which is a good thing, but there might be some withdrawal from that. So I still think there's probably at least a good 50-50 chance of going into a shallow recession. I, I don't see a steep recession happening, which is good, but I don't think we're going to see a robust economic growth year this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if unemployment at some point ticks up a little bit, although I wouldn't anticipate it to be dramatic. We're seeing car payments that are uh, coming in late, uh, housing sales that are going, uh, you know, really slowing down. Uh, it, it really is a mixed bag. It is. Yeah, in the housing market, it's a, it's a body blow from the, from the mortgage rates. Now, the mortgage rates have come down a little bit from their highs, and you still have this underlying uh, pent-up demand for housing, particularly post-COVID and remote work. And so I don't, I don't see house prices tanking, but it's really hard to get a, get a home right now just because there's so little inventory and it's still really expensive. And, yeah, to have investment shrinking and 
consumer confidence not at a great level. I mean, we definitely have some economic challenges and a lot of uncertainty. And that's really the name of the game right now is uncertainty. And we, we don't know how that's going to resolve. Uh, what do you expect for um, uh, Friday's jobs report? Do you, good, bad? I mean, my guess is it'll be somewhere between 100 and 200,000 jobs, which I know is a decent, <laughs> fairly large range, but it won't be negative. I'll be surprised if it's negative overall. I think the markets will be pretty surprised if it's negative. Uh, but it's, it's basically a deceleration of job growth. And um, it really just kind of depends on where exactly that number falls. Because ultimately, the way the Wall Street's going to respond to it is they're all thinking about what's the Fed going to do. I mean, Wall Street is desperate for any sign that the Fed is going to stop hiking rates or even going to cut them. Uh, Jerome Powell has done everything he can to suggest that there will not be any rate cuts this year, period. But the markets don't want to believe him. So if, if the number comes in pretty weak, if jobs numbers are low, Wall Street might actually like that. Not because they want the job market to be bad, but because they think that that means that the Fed's going to ease up. I'm not so convinced, but we'll see what happens. As uh, and, and for for laymen out there, uh, for for me too, uh, as the interest rates go up, do people abandon stocks and go into bonds? So yeah, I mean, I'd say there's a couple things. One is yeah, if, if rates go up, that makes it attractive uh, to to invest in bonds, and it also increases the borrowing cost to companies, so their bottom lines might be hurt, which would make stocks not as attractive in that sense as well. That's kind of interesting the way it all sort of connects together. Um, everything has an act, uh, another reaction that's caused by it. Dr. Aaron Hedlund is uh, the uh, chief economist at the Show Me Institute. Look forward to having you back again at another time. Thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right. Dr. Aaron Hedlund on uh, The Gary Nolan Show. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Pit bulls in the news. That's coming up next. It is uh, 1021. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Dave Rowland will be with us uh, about 45 minutes from, uh, about an hour from now, uh, at uh, 1115 or so. In the meantime, uh, there is a, a story at the Daily Wire, Cuddly Killers Should pit bulls be legal uh, I don't know the history of pit bulls I don't know if they were bred uh, for the uh, traits that they have or, or or how this comes about but I do know that uh, they're a, a pretty tough dog if if uh, if you've got one pit bulls have been in the news lately and it's not a good thing a string of pit bull attacks has reigned a decades-old debate about whether the breed should be legal Earlier this month, a seven-year-old girl died after being attacked by a neighbor's pit bull in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. An 11-year-old in Georgia had his scalp half torn off, half of his ear bitten off, and suffered deep puncture wounds on both legs when two pit bulls attacked him while he was riding his bike. In November, two pit bulls attacked a seven-month-old boy in Washington, D.C., leaving him fighting for his life in intensive care. The infant suffered a fractured skull and other serious injuries and required surgery. The tragic list goes on. Many of the victims are young children, but some are adults. Some are even dogs' owners, who is left heartbroken and bewildered when his pet attacks him. In a cruel twist, pit bulls 
tend to be extremely affectionate toward people, making them a favorite among dog lovers. The breed has long been controversial. Critics say that dogs should be outlawed, given how frequently they attack people and how deadly it can be when they do. In 2019, pit bulls killed 33 Americans, 69% of all fatal dog bites that year. This according to dogsbite.org, one of the most prominent groups criticizing pit bulls. The next deadliest were mixed breed dogs and Rottweilers. Back in 1980, Hollywood, Florida became the first locality in the country to crack down on pit bulls after a long uh, after a dog scalped a six-year-old boy and mangled his face. The city required pit bull owners to have $25,000 in personal liability insurance. They apparently, in the minds of many, are a threat. Question. Should they ban pit bulls? I once dated a girl that had a pit bull. The dog was affectionate and wonderful and warm. Uh, I had no problem with it. Is it some inherent problem with the breed? Or is it the way the dogs are raised? Pit bulls in the news. And the question is, should they be banned? Uh, I will tell you my experience with government and with prohibition is it never works. Uh, the price of pit bulls will go up. There'll be a black market. Uh, they'll have pit bulls. That's just my my impression. Uh, but I am curious to see what you think. And with that in mind, I will give you the phone number. It's 800-529-5572. Locally, 874-9390. Or go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message. We've all heard stories about pit bulls and how deadly they can be should they be banned. With that in mind, I go to the phones. Victor is first in line. Victor, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. I want to talk about something really I don't hear a lot of people discuss when it comes to large dog ownerships. I think there's a push to ban these dogs, and I'm going to start with, I don't think that breeds should be banned, okay? Um, people have problems with any large breed. I actually foster Rottweilers, and black and tan dogs like Dobermans and Rottweilers don't transfer owners very well. Usually what happens is people get these Rottweilers, and they're cute till they're about one years old, and they start eating the furniture up. Then they need to look for, you know, to be rehomed. Well, they've already bonded with their original owner, and um, it's really hard to rebond with that dog. I will say that I treat all my dogs exceptionally well, but I've been bitten by all of them. Uh, I've, I've, I've been bitten, and that's a risk that you take with a large dog and, re, and rehoming a dog. Um, I have homeowner's insurance, and one thing that they don't discuss, the town of Iberia, uh, I think, banned uh, certain breeds of dogs, and they don't discuss that when you buy homeowner's insurance, it comes with 10,000 of, of, of dog bite liability. That's, that's standard with your insurance. You can add more to that liability. You can get your general liability up to, you know, $300,000 in, in GL on your property. So I think just like with a car, I don't think they should ban cars uh, because cars kill people, right? Kill little kids and, and everything else, right? Uh, no, cars but, don't uh, kill people. I, I, people have cars, to, cars don't kill people. Drivers kill people. Well, and that's right. And so what you have to mitigate the risk of, of the driver 
killing somebody is you have them carry insurance. And that's exercising due diligence. And I think the same thing ought to be required. Maybe, maybe not, not, not required, but I don't even think it should be required that the person carry insurance because do you know what the legal remedy for that is? It's a civil lawsuit, right? Do you um, think, but, with um, your experience, I think on, Victor, Victor, at, with yeah, your experience, do you think that pit bulls are an especially dangerous breed? No. I think any large dog is capable. Anything large is capable and dangerous. I don't think that Rottweilers are a dangerous breed, even though I've been bitten by Rottweilers, right? I don't think it's, it's not. It's, it's the situation they're in. If you back anything into a corner, it's going you know, to attack. Uh, they're so, but are pit bulls more likely than, say, golden retrievers to attack? You know, I'm, I, I'm probably not qualified to speak to that area of, of dog psychology. But when it comes to the question of should you ban a certain breed, I feel the answer is no. I think uh, there are laws in place. There's a remedy for that. That's civil action if, if your dog attacks somebody. There are already uh, no dog at large laws in cities, um, and you can choose to have your yourself protected with liability insurance. Those options do exist. There are there's a remedy for a problem. I don't think we need to uh, look at uh, banning people's animals. Uh, so this could be a, this could a be remedy. a knee, this could be a knee jerk reaction. This push to ban pit bulls. Oh, this could yeah, I think it is. It's just uh, it's just take it off the market, whatever. Whatever somebody doesn't like, well, you can't protect everybody from all aspects of life. Uh, right. It's just that's just not not realistic. You know, I could I could jaywalk and get hit by a bus. Do we need twenty more laws? No, we have laws against jaywalking. All right, right? Uh, you know, all we right. just can't put a bubble wrap around everybody. And I think what people don't look at as an alternative is instead of you know when towns want to ban like Iberia wants to ban a breed of dog. Okay, why don't they explore the option of uh, 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 having the, the re requiring the person to carry insurance, right? There's also dog obedience certification. I've had to have my Rottweilers run through an obedience certification class where they are certified not to be a menace to society. I've, I've, I've actually had to do that. It takes, All right. takes a couple of days. All right, and, Victor, I'm, you know. I'm up against the clock uh, and I got to take a, I got to take a quick break, but I appreciate the call. Thank you for being with us. 874 9390 Five two nine five five seven two, pit bulls. You know, and the irony of all of this is that there are probably a million pit bulls owned by people, and I could read through this, you know, this list of of horrible events, and people would would respond by saying, "Oh no, they people shouldn't own a dog that dangerous." But when you really get down to it, the number of those dogs that are owned. And the number of people who are attacked, it's pretty small. Might just be a knee-jerk reaction. They are a powerful breed, I will admit. I think it has more to do with how the dog is raised. I could be wrong. If you have any uh, experience with pit bulls, give me a call, 874-9390. Or 800-529-5572. Gary Nolan shows Zimmer Radio Network. This 
is the Gary Nolan Show. It's a controversial breed of dog. It's the pit bull. In 2019, pit bulls killed 33 Americans. 69% of all fatal dog bites that year, according to dogbite.org. And there are places that have tried and who have actually banned pit bulls. Is it a dangerous breed that should be banned? Uh, they are a powerful dog. I understand their bite is very powerful. Uh, they can be very aggressive. I tend to think that it's probably got more to do with the way the dog is raised. Uh, I think, uh, you know, they've, they've bitten their own owners on occasion, so maybe I'm wrong, but I think it has more to do with that than anything else. Should they be banned? You tell me. If you know anything about pit bulls, give me a call, and let me start off with Lynn. Lynn, how are you this morning? I'm doing fine. How about you? I, too, am well. You know anything Good. about pit bulls? I do. Um, I had a girlfriend who had a pit bull, and the pit bull rode in the car with her all day long to see patients. She did home health and was a gentle, sweet, kind, wonderful pit bull. And a gentleman walked around the corner of her home and startled the dog. And the dog ripped a pretty good size hole in the guy's leg um, because they are capable. And I think you touched on that. The problem with a pit bull is not just that they can bite and exert a, a strong amount of pressure. Um, it's also the fact that they, when they bite down, they, the way they bite, they kind of shake and tear. And it causes a lot of damage to things such as the bone, blood vessels, tendons, muscles, nerves. And... I've even heard people talk about if you own a pit bull, you should carry a bite stick. And uh, if your dog were to bite down on somebody, you can release the bite with the bite stick. Now, I don't have any interest in owning a dog that I have to carry around the bite stick. Um, and, and this is from dog trainers that I've heard this. This isn't just a random guy on the street. So, I, you know, Gary, I'm just not up for a, something that dangerous. Should it be banned, do you think? Um, I don't think I'm making the decision. Okay, um, but you've but, decided on your own you don't want one. Right. I don't blame right. you. All right. Lynn, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Olaf, welcome. How are you? Are you talking to me? Yes, sir. Hey, this is Olaf, Gary. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. It's been a while since I talked to you, but I've owned a couple of pit bulls. And the first one I got was back, I'm 58 years old now, but I got my first one as a puppy, and I got it from a... Uh, a guy that got arrested for robbing a bank <laughs> and they was in the dog fighting and uh i had that dog as a puppy and they forced me 
to have my puppy, well, it wasn't even a year old, to fight the grandmother. And uh, that's the first time that dog experienced a fight in his life. And after I saw that, I ended up taking that dog, and he ended up being a big foot bull. And I trained him, and he never bit anybody after that. And right now, i got a female pit bull that is six years old, sweetest thing in her life. But she can jump a fence, and she's never bit a dog or a person. She's the sweetest thing. The worst thing that could happen is some, she tried to jump on you to kiss her. All right, so, she, so you're not in favor of banning pit bulls. You think that it's all and how they're raised. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I know that for a fact since my I got my second pit bull, and she sleeps with me. She likes loves to go for a ride. She loves people. I just got to keep her from jumping on somebody, but she has not been trained to be that aggressive. All right. It is a Olaf. trainer. All right, Olaf, thank you very much. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Brent says uh, pit bull owners won't or can't get insurance or be sued. All trashy people... Why, what? Uh, why banned them years ago in KC? Pits biting the faces off kids all the time. Yes, it's the owners too. Uh, water seeks its own level. Vicious breed with sick ownership. I was attacked twice last time at a state park in Osage Beach. I disciplined the owner. Not sure what that means, but I'm going to move on. Uh, someone lives in Florida, has three pit bulls. They're all sweet and cuddly. Have two adorable 10-pound chihuahuas that I rescued from the Humane Society. And they are fierce. They will bite whoever comes into our yard or in our house. They're my babies. They are protective of me. But beware, looks and size don't matter. Uh, let's see. Sharon, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Hi. Uh, my son, when he was younger, had a pit bull named Rose, and she was very gentle, too. And then when he got married, the grandbaby used to get on its back, but she did nip at the UPS lady when she delivered a package over the fence one day. But what, my thing about pit bulls are I, they are very gentle to their owners and their family, but they're also very protective and matter of fact, I can't even take my dog, it's not a pit bull, for a walk in the neighborhood anymore because there's people that let their pit bulls run loose and they have attacked other dogs. I mean, they, they don't, they're not only known to attack people, but they attack other smaller dogs and actually killed one. So, uh, what, so where do you stand on it? I don't think uh, they should ban them, but they should just have stronger uh, laws pertaining to the owners responsibilities like insurance or you mean like fences or leashes or what well all of that and then make the consequences if they do buy you know maybe actually give the owners jail time maybe that'll um well should somebody who owns a german shepherd or golden retriever suffer the same fate if their dog bites somebody should they get jail time Well, I thought we were talking about specifically pit bulls. Yeah, I know, but you're <laughs> saying that if you have a pit bull and it bites somebody, maybe you should get jail time, and I'm wondering... Uh, I, for, I just meant that as a determent, maybe, for any... I don't 
You got me confused. I thought we, right. we were mainly doing pit bulls. Well, we were, but you. But I thought it was kind of strange that we would just have a, a, a jail sentence for pit bull bites and not other dog well, I don't bites. mean life in prison. I mean maybe a, a week or something. or Just make the owners know that if their dog, that the pit bull does do something, that the consequences are going to be a little bit uh, strong. All right. Sharon, thank you. Appreciate the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All I'm saying is if you if you had to pass a law like that that said uh, if your dog, if your pit bull bites somebody, you're going to get a, a week in jail. Uh, if, I'm a, if I'm the owner of any other dog uh, and it bites somebody, I don't get a week in jail. I, I, would, I would think that was uh, a, a bit unfair. Oh, well, we'll see what others think. Robert, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Hello, glad to be here. Um, I don't think any breed of dog should be banned, but I think where we've went awry on all of this is where is personal responsibility. If that is your dog, regardless of breed or anything, if it does something to somebody, you are responsible. So don't ban it. Just make sure that no matter what kind of dog, pit bull included, if they do something, you're held accountable. Exactly. Because, of course, they get, oh, well, you know, it's the dog. Well, somewhere along the line, we've lost the personal responsibility of our actions and and consequences. Well, there are consequences right now if your dog bites somebody, uh, right. whether it's a pit bull or not. But pit bulls are responsible for more dog bites, apparently, than any other breed. Does that mean anything? It means it's reported more than the other dogs. You know, Maybe. the little the little ankle biters are just as aggressive and vicious as the big dogs. All right, all right. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let it go at that. Robert, thank you. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I'm up against the clock. I have no recourse. Got to take a quick break. But when we come back, we'll get your phone calls and messages. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Hey, good morning. It is uh, about 10 minutes to 11. Dave Rowland is going to be with us at about quarter after. Um, gun advocates are suing over an Illinois assault weapon ban. He's going to come on and talk about that. Um, and uh, one, uh, one part of uh, conservative judicial strategy was to get very solidly conservative judges installed in certain district courts uh, to bring their most important constitutional cases to those courts. The Biden administration is demanding the opportunity to move cases to different districts. Uh, also, um, British Columbia doing something that Portugal has done and that we ought to do here. All of that and more coming up with Dave Rowland, again, about quarter after uh, 11. In the meantime, on pit bulls, there is a story that says uh, these pit bulls are dangerous. Uh, they do the majority of damage uh, of, of all the dogs that uh, go out and bite. Uh, they're the ones that bite the most often, and that their bites are pretty vicious. Should they be banned is the question uh, that's asked both in the story and on air right now. Ralph says genetics definitely have a lot to do with a dog's level of aggression. But as has been mentioned, size has a lot to do with damage done. We have, a sh we have sheep dogs, working dogs that guard sheep, and they can get up to 200 pounds, and I'd imagine they could eat most bulldogs as a snack. 
I have no desire to have a pit bull, but I oppose a law on principle. Anyone who raises a large breed dog in town is inviting trouble, in my opinion, but the law should stay out of it. Uh, David, my pit bull cornered a mouse a week ago, was uh, nosing and pawing at it. Uh, all to play, the mouse stood up on his back feet, and uh, she ran, hardly vicious. <laughs> that almost sounds like a cartoon. Uh, Raylene is on next. Raylene, good morning. How are you? I'm just fine, thank you. I do have a little bit to say about a pit bull. My pit, Maggie, she was 15 years old, and we had to put her down, but she... The neighbor next door had a poodle, and she would look at it and run the opposite direction. <laughs> she was she was so scared that she wouldn't even walk out the door without somebody going outside and looking both ways. And she would stand on the back porch and look and say, hey, come outside with me. So my other two dogs would go outside with her. And then she would do her thing, and she was ready to come right back in. But I do agree. They... They can be a dangerous dog, but you just, you have to be a step ahead of them. You have to know what their capabilities are, and you have to socialize the dog. Very, very much be socialized when it's a puppy. You can't wait till it's one or two or eight months old. You have to socialize them as a puppy, and that is taking the dog everywhere you go. But... I have currently have another pit bull, but then I don't ever put my pit bull in harm's way or other people's harm's way. Right. I have <clears throat> company. I put her away, but she loves people. Just not for they dinner. Are, yeah, they're people dogs, really. All right. But they, so you're but, not so you're not in favor of banning them. You think they can be socialized and they'd be just as good as any other dog? Yeah, they can be. All but right. there are, but generics does play in it. I mean, you can get a bad bred dog, and then it'll be bad. But you can get a good bred one, and you have a good dog. Okay, Raylene, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, let's see, Greg, should they be banned or not? I don't think so. I, you know, I've never owned a pit bull in my life. I've known a few people that have, and uh, you know, they seem to be a, a, a fairly. Also, breed when they're around their owners and like you know, but like like people are saying, you know, they are dangerous when they get around other people. But uh, you know, uh, should we? Uh, you know, I don't know the statistics, but how many people have been ripped up by a chimpanzee? And I don't know if it's uh, you know if there's any laws against owning chimpanzees. I don't think there are. But I mean, chimpanzees are just I would say more dangerous than a pit bull. You know. And they rip people's faces off and rip their arms off and everything else. You know, and I mean, it's it's a comparison thing. I mean, how many well, horses? You, there are laws. Have? There are laws in certain areas that prevent you from owning some animals. Yeah, uh, you know, you you can't live in uh, downtown Columbia and own a pet leopard. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so uh, should there be a rule saying in certain areas you can't have this kind of dog? Uh, I, I just don't think that they should be banned. Uh, you know, I, I think that, the, uh, like other people are saying, I think that owners should be responsible for what their dogs do. But I also think that owners 
should keep their dogs under control and not let them run free, no matter what kind of dog it is. You know, pit bull, chihuahua, or whatever. All right. Uh, All right, Greg, I'm overflowing here, and i got to get some of these other calls in, but I got your point, and I appreciate your call. Thank you for being with us. Um, Personally, I wouldn't want to take the chance. Uh, I, I suspect it has a great deal to do with how the dogs are raised, but I wouldn't want to take the chance. I don't think the government should ban them. Let me get Andy in Springfield. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Great. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. Good. I'm not going to repeat all that people say. I agree with all that has been said so far. I'm not for banning a pit bull, but just more of a menace dog. And anybody that would have an infraction on, like, city law as far as what's in place or should be in place to control dogs like that, um, the first, <clears throat> excuse me, first offense would be, like, 100 hours. At a, uh, that would be for any dog, dog, right? Any dog, yeah. Any yeah. dog that causes a problem, injury, or damage, they have to do serve, serve time at a uh, rescue, a dog rescue or pet rescue place. Hundred hours, thousand hours, whatever. Make them see what it's like to do work with animals and make them appreciate it. All right, Andy, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Falling behind, let me get one more in here. At least Dan, also in Springfield. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Gary. Yeah, I was glad to hear that guy reported about that startle reflex. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter got a new puppy because they were getting ready to have a baby. They got this puppy. It was only one quarter pit bull. And I'll tell you, that doggone dog was schizoid. You never knew if it was going to lick you or bite you. And thank God they took him to a dog training place and they said no within the first minute. And fortunately, the dog had a little problem with an eye, and they took him to the veterinarian. And within two minutes, the veterinarian said, this dog belongs nowhere near children. He's only a quarter pit, but he has something called startle aggression syndrome. In other words, he's psycho. And thank God it gave our daughter an excuse to get rid of that dog. He scared the heck out of me. And I think there's a little bit of that in the pit. Now, as far as banning them, I don't like to ban anything, but I think insurance companies should appropriately upcharge liability rates. And if you if you have a pit bull and you don't report it when you do your insurance, your insurance is null and void for that pit bull. That's called right. holding holding the owners responsible. All right, Dan, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So most people don't necessarily want to ban pit bulls, but they think people should be held accountable. They should always be held accountable. Governor DeSantis revokes license from businesses that fail to use flawed E-Verify. We'll talk about that. Then Dave Rowland on the Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show.